Funk music spans a spectrum of sounds, from its origins as 1960s soul to the classic funk, P-funk, Afrobeat, and Afro-funk styles of the 1970s, or even blues funk for that matter, to hip-hop of the 1980s and beyond, to 90s funk rock, dance or house music, jazz, jazz funk, fusion, or organ jazz that are still going strong today, to 21st century cinematic soul, soul jazz, psychedelic soul, psychedelia, or even funk pop, funk continues evolving and growing across the planet. Funk, as a spectrum of music, as an attitude, and as a philosophy, is alive and well. This is Michael B., and in each episode of 40 Minutes of Funk, we'll explore a unique shade of funk, with artists and experts from all over the globe and across time. We'll spend at least 40 minutes in discussion with funk practitioners, and in most cases, even hear original music they provide. In the words of James Brown, godfather of soul, who's also been called the grandmaster of funk, whatever we do, it's got to be funky. Let's go. Today's guests are two members of a larger British outfit whose funk-infused party music blends soul, blues, and pop for original music taking the local scene by storm. The past year alone, they've been picked up by Craig Charles's Funk and Soul show. They've joined numerous big acts on stage from the British funk and soul scene. And their new album, Chaka Chow Chow, packs a funky wallop that's not to be missed. They've made it abundantly clear that they came to funk. Here to share their musical story so far is Supergiant. Welcome to 40 Minutes of Funk, guys. Hey, hello, Michael. How are you guys doing today? We're good. We've got the, uh, we got the sunshine in Britain and certainly in Manchester. And it looks like in Liverpool where, where uh, Terry is there. Yeah. So we're all good. Yeah. Sorry, I lost you for a little bit. Eh? <laughs> you went off straight, straight away at the beginning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right no. the introduction. <laughs> uh, well, I said really nice things about you. <laughs> yeah, I, I did ask most of it. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, we've been talking for a while then, and then it's, it's without any problems. And then as soon as we started, everything went off. Of course. <laughs> We're fine. Why don't we start off with an introduction of the band? Uh, could you each tell us who you are, what your roles in the band are, and then also who the rest of the band members are um, and what they do? Okay, well, yep. uh, I'll go, go on, Ty. Go on. You, go, you first. go first, Taz. All right, I'll have Terry. Terry, and I'm the lead vocalist and guitarist, and I also play bass sometimes, and I suppose I come up with most of the ideas for the band, okay. and I take them along, and the rest of the people make make, make the magic. And uh, straight. Okay. So I write all the lyrics and come up with most of the ideas. Gotcha. Tyrone is my partner in crime and uh, helps me along the way. Yep, I'm Tyrone. I play guitar and occasional bass. Um, well, bass and occasional guitar, actually. I'm, it's, it's weird because I'm, I'm a guitarist that plays bass in the band, and Terry's a bass player that plays guitar <laughs> in the band and sings. Nice. So in our live sets, 
it's probably 90% playing bass and then 10% guitar. Uh, and Terry's yeah. the opposite. I think Terry finds it easier to 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 play guitar and sing. I think that's fundamentally yeah. what what's the, why, why we do yeah. that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And then we've got Mark Davis on drums, and we've got Simon Holmes on percussion, and John Havelock the third on Hammond and Moog, and we've got uh, <laughs> Leanne Ledger who who is on the album as well that sang BVs for us, and she comes out live with us as well. Nice. So where does this band name Supergiant come from? It kind of originates from about 30 years ago, uh, Michael. We used to we used to live in uh, we got to know each other in Liverpool when I was studying over there. And John, our keyboard player, always had this idea. Uh, he always wanted a band called Supergiant. So we used to jam together and record together in a bedsit uh, many years ago in Liverpool. And we, some of the ideas were formed there. And of course, then uh, life, we got kind of split up and life takes its uh, different turns, if you like. Mm-hmm. And then we hooked up again a few years ago and we said, let's get the band that never was back together, which <laughs> yeah. was super giant. So we stuck with it. Nice. Uh, and that's where the name comes from. But there is, strangely enough, there is another American rock band. Yeah, I was going to ask. This, Michael. Yeah, I was going to ask if you ever get uh, confused with them. We did initially, um, but they are super giant with a capital S and a capital G. Mm-hmm. So they, I think, initially when we first came onto the scene, we got confused with each other over social media, and they quickly picked up that <laughs> they'd already got their yeah, name and they were. <laughs> It it's not ideal, it. is it? But we, we get we get through. We manage to get by with it. It's not yeah, ideal, yeah. but it, we can we worked around it. And people who people are always able to find us. Yeah, if they want to, you know. So we are out there. Yeah, so we're, we we're tell- super giant with a with a with a small G, and they're super giant <laughs> with a rock size G. <laughs> rock size. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to look at. How many bands there are? There's probably multiple. The, the amount of bands we've had the same names throughout the years. I mean, there was another oh, yeah. band called Nirvana. There was another band called when the Rolling Stones started. There was actually another band called the Rolling Stones at the time in London, and they had to. Wow. <laughs> I think they went round and threatened to beat them up or something. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. I mean, everything's. I've always found everything's always taken. Any ideas you come up with, someone's done it already. It's but. You just have to crack on and we just carry stuck on. with it, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, just decided yeah. to stick with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to come up with a good w- band name that somebody else hasn't already yeah. come up with. But I'm glad you guys are able to, uh, you know, steer through uh, with your own identity, uh, regardless of that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think musically they were so different as well, weren't we? And the logos were so different, so we thought. You know, this is the other side of the world. It was very, um, it's a different genre. If, if we would have been the same kind of genre of music, it might have been a bit trickier. But yeah, we kind of looked at it and just thought, well, just let's just stick with it. Well, and the fact yeah. that you guys, you know, started 30 years ago, even though you broke up in the middle of that. But, uh, you know, you've you've had the name for a long time. Have you had the logo yeah. all this time as well? No, no, well, we haven't had the logo all this time, but. We had, we had the we had the beginnings. We we like to say, well, 
we did have that band at the time. I mean, we were all yeah. in different other bands. That's what really kept kept it from taking off and gigging. We were all playing in other different bands. And I'd meet up in different like different bed sits in Liverpool yeah. and jam jam this funk thing that we all we all seem to love. Yeah. And uh, as you say, life 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 took its course and we never I never saw Tyrone for about twenty years after that, for yeah. different reasons. And I met him at a friend's birthday party. It was the guy I was talking to you about before who now lives in East LA. Oh, gotcha. I said, I wanna re- I wanna record this album, Terry. You help me do it. So that's how we sort of got back together. So we've done it. Yeah, we've we done went, it. We went we went we kinda of met up in uh, the northern quarter in Manchester one afternoon and we got everyone together and we just got had a few beers. Um and said, let's do it. Let's get the band to get back together. We wanted to write a tune that was good enough to get on the Craig Charles Funk and Soul show. That was the main thing, wasn't it, Tez? That's, yeah. That was a main, that yeah. was a goal, really, to get a tune that was good enough and funky enough to get played on the, what is the BBC Six Music show, which was um, Craig, the, the Craig Charles show was the main show for that kind of music. So that was mm. the, that was the aim. And we did we it, didn't we? It. Yeah, we, we did, did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, <laughs> we loved it so much. I want to get back to that in a minute here because I'd like to hear a little bit more about that process and how that came about. And um, but for now, can you give us a description of the sound of Supergiant? Oh, Terry, what uh, do you think? You give your well, description, I'll give mine. <laughs> I don't. Oh God, it's always hard. And it's your old thing. I don't know. It's probably groove. A groove. I think, I think we're more groovy than funky, from my opinion. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely groove based. Yeah, with and a, 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 with a sense of fun, I think yeah. a really good sense of fun, and and hopefully, like I don't know whether you can tell, like we're we all really love what we're doing. I hope yeah. that comes across in the music. Yeah, suppose we're just well, old, old old groove merchants. Yeah, mm. that's what we wanted, wasn't it? We wanted to be funk. But I think it is a melting pot because we we've all got different influences and we've all grew up with different types of music, haven't we? Um, but a lot of the stuff that we what pulls us together, we all kind of loved. Oh, I used to love James Brown and uh, we love getting the can and talking heads. We love Beck. Mm. We love um, Beastie Boys, certain Beastie Boys albums and that kind of groove-based stuff. So we're not... You know, we're not Jamiroquai, that we're, we're never going to try and be Jamiroquai, or James Brown. We're kind of some, somewhere in between, yeah. which which is... Because um, I think Terry's got a great melodic ear as well, so it's kind of mm-hmm. groove, groove-based, melodic, funky stuff. Yeah. Yeah, difficult yeah. to describe it, but... We, we all listen to all sorts of other different types of music, and I've listened to punk and rock and roll and... <laughs> country and I, I just comes I get my funk from everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah not just from listening to old funk records I can hear I can hear funk in Bob Dylan and absolutely all sorts of things interesting so we pull it from everywhere well I'd like to get into our first song for the day uh listeners all of today's music comes from Supergiant's all-new album Chaka Chow Chow Uh, which just dropped a few weeks ago in late April 2023. Uh, I'd like to get more into the album itself in a bit, but first, let's talk about this first song, which is called Trim Phone. 
first of all, what is a trim phone? And uh, <laughs> where did this song come from? Over to you, Terrence. Well, well, a trim phone is like, it's like an 1980s. You remember the old dial-up phones where you'd have to put your finger in and turn? Rotary. Rotary dial, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the one that came after that with the push buttons. Oh, it might have still had the dial on it, but it was more of a square shape. So it's probably like a, a late 70s, just regular telephone. Uh-huh. Um, I think we had another, we had a song that we'd recorded a video for, and Tyrone, it was uh, Lordy Lordy, if you've heard that track. We'd recorded a video for it, and there's a, one part where Tyrone's picking up this telephone, an old like retro telephone, mm-hmm. and that just gave me the idea for <laughs> trim phone. And uh, the lyrics just followed basically, and it became this behemoth that we always start our set with. Oh, nice! And uh, <laughs> well, so, literally the the first words of the the whole album are in that song, which is the first yeah. track, which is the title of the album. Chaka Chow Chows. Mm-hmm. What what does Chaka Chow Chow mean to you? Does it does it have a meaning? <laughs> it was we'd recorded we'd recorded the song that that lyric comes from, uh, hairless Mexican. We'd mm. recorded the, the the tune in a rehearsal room, and we'd gone back to do some overdubs, and uh, that just came out there and then from <laughs> the minute like after standing in front of the microphone for like. Two seconds. What are we gonna? What backing vocals am I gonna put on this? That just came <laughs> from somewhere, and that was it. It we just it just went on it. <laughs> no wow. questions asked. No questions oh. asked. And then and, uh, when we when we came to kind of name the album, um, I had some. I told, said to Tez, I had some kind of premonition. I must have woke up at five in the morning. I just thought the album has got to be called Check a Chow Chow. And I put it onto the WhatsApp group for the guys, and everybody just went, "Yes, he's going to be Chaka Chow Chow," <laughs> because we kind of we we started off getting when we first got together in Liverpool. We're influenced by the Meters, really. Mm-hmm. We just drooled over listening to the Meters, and of course, when we kind of tried to play like the Meters, we just thought <laughs> you can't replicate what the Meters do. So, but that they were the inspiration for us to get together and to write funk because mm. we just used to just drool over over their their stuff back in the day. So, Check It Chow Chow also kind of sounded like it could be a Meters album mm-hmm. or a Meters tune. So, um, it was a no brainer that that's that's what the album was going to be called. Yeah, and they they had kind of their own language as well in some of their songs, like Look a Pie Pie, like you know yeah. stuff like Absolutely. that, you know. Chaka Chow Chow yeah, has that's reminiscent of Definitely that. A, nod, a nod to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely a nod to that. That's yeah. cool. And it works so well. Works so well, well with it. And I feel like it uh, shows up a couple of other times on the record. Doesn't it show up in um, uh, Monkey Hormones or something like that when you have the little verbal oh, there's a little, breakdown? Little, little sort of, yeah, 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 yeah. Glad you spotted <laughs> yeah. that. That is yeah. very nerdy, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> very nerdy that's me there it is folks that's me very nerdy <laughs> well i think we should hear it um let's check out this first tune it's super giant and their tune trim phone off the all-new album chaka chow chow
Lots of podcasters put their Patreon support information early on in the episode, but not me. You can find all my 40 Minutes of Funk Patreon page information where it belongs, at the end of the podcast. Nope, you won't find me asking for financial support this early on in the episode. I'll just mention how Patreon supporter Jeff got to ask one of his guitar heroes, Jimmy James, about his favorite Silvertone guitar, and how Patreon supporter Esther got a 20% discount on 40 Minutes of Funk t-shirts for her family. I won't even ask you to consider supporting me with a monthly gift of $5 or more, or tell you how your support enables me to keep this unique podcast for funk-loving fans like you alive. No, I'm saving all that information for the end of the show. I'm not even going to explain all the opportunities for you to join my team and get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes information. I guess what I will tell you is that I appreciate your support and I thank you for listening. Now back to the show. We're back with today's special guests, Tyrone and Terry from Supergiant. And uh, during the break, I just learned another secret about this album. So not only do you need to go listen to it from front to back, listeners, but definitely put on some headphones because the word Supergiant, the band name is woven into every track, but apparently you have to have headphones. So I like a good musical challenge like that. (laughs) I want to challenge everybody to go do the same after you listen to this. Uh, So what is that, that full history of Supergiant? You guys mentioned you know, playing together back, you know, 30 years ago, taking a break, bringing the back to uh, the band together. Where and when did you all meet up in the first place? Well, 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 I was, I was in, a, in an indie band and it wasn't, wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't very good. And uh, we decided to split up, but I kept with the drummer, Carl, was, was who's the same the guy who lives in East Hill. This was in yes. late 80s. Late 80s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the drummer, Carl, knew Tyrone and suggested we get Ty in to play guitar. I was playing bass. So we go back that far, me and Tyrone. We were playing playing live in di- with different bands back in the late 80s. Wow. And Ty was living in Liverpool. Ty moved to Liverpool to go to university there. And it's from there we met. Mark, the drummer, and John, the keyboard player. And we were all doing different things, but we all sort of met up once a week, if we could, to jam some funk. And that's where your original idea for where it came from. And uh, we, we can't so quite it, remember who knows, who knows John, the keyboard player. We can't remember, because <laughs> Mark, the drummer, used to DJ. They used to DJ out in Liverpool. On the kind of indie student nights, um, and Mark got into kind of deep funk, and I got into deep funk, and we used to kind of go to funk nights when we could. But we can't quite lock down where John comes into the equation. <laughs> He's almost <laughs> like he just magically appeared. No one can remember where the friendship formed. And John had all these. Well, he still got them. He had all these really, really good vintage keyboards. Um, and the Rhodes piano and yeah. box continental organs and all that loads of really good gear. So we were like, oh my God, who's this guy? Who got, yeah. <laughs> who got, who who's got this some stuff with this? Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he was just a genius. How long did you guys play together in that original iteration? And were you guys like gigging regularly? No. No, no we, we never we, got as far as that. No, we okay. got some ideas. That's all it was really, Michael. It was a plan and some ideas, 
but we never we never wrote anything. We never gigged. It was just talked about, really. Really? Okay. No, we did. Yeah. We just jammed. We just jammed. We did jam, we? We had, we had different different ideas. We'd go back to. But it was just like one big jam jamming session that we'd have we'd have in there, and uh, it was just good fun. It was a break from doing that. From our other bands, which probably at the time would have just been like pure in- indie bands. Okay. Um, it was just something completely different that we were all interested in at the time. So and it was a lot stra- of fun. Yeah, strangely enough, I think John, the keyboard player, is a bit of a hoarder anyway. He's got some original cassette tapes uh, that were recorded on a, a Porter Studio, a Porter One, back, wow. in, back in the early 90s, it would have been. So he thinks he's still got the original cassettes that we had ideas, we put ideas oh, down man. on. Any chance so you need... guys will release those at some point? That, <laughs> that could be like a cool <laughs> little bonus. <laughs> it could be, actually. Yeah. We yeah. might go back and have a listen, yeah. We should have a listen. <laughs> be a listen yeah. It would be. It's, <laughs> it's probably right. be terrible. Like, actually, yeah, actually I, don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> this but, all happens about the time you guys are, are at university and college. And then I'm just guessing, you know, life happens because that seems to be the story. At what point did you guys bring back the band together in its current iteration? Like what what happened that you guys all sort of ended up in the same place in the same time in your lives and said, hey, we can do this again. We've got a second chance. When did all that happen? How'd that come down? It would have been over social media, Terry, I think, wouldn't it? I think me and Terry reconnected over Facebook, um, which would have been about five years ago, maybe six years ago. Um, And then we met up at this, uh, our friend Carl's um, party. And and then we kind of got in touch with, through social media again, probably Facebook, uh, with Mark the drummer, who also had been still friends with John, the keyboard player. So we would have all kind of uh, messaged each other and touched out over social media. And that's when we said, let's meet up. Let's just go for a few beers in the afternoon around Manchester. And we got drunk and we just made the plan to let's, let's try and get this. Let's try and record an album. (laughs) Let's do an album and try and get a tune good enough to get on, on the radio. Nice. And so, are you guys doing the band full time now? No, I wish no, we were. No, Michael. sadly not. Yeah, I wish sadly we were. Sadly not. No, but we've all we've all got families and houses and things. It's not this. Uh, it just wouldn't be take a miracle, I think, for us to be able to do it full time at the moment. But yeah, you know, still love doing it. We're doing it for the love of it. To be honest, that's why we do yeah. it. We do it because we love it, and we love yeah. each other's company. You know, we it's like we're all like. We buzz off each other when we're all, re- even if we were just rehearsing, we, we, love, we love just to go and rehearse and plug our yeah. guitars in and make a yeah. racket and get it together. It's like, a, I don't know, it's like a social thing, social yeah. thing as well for us. But it's we also... the bromance, didn't we, Taz? Yeah. But it's also <laughs> so good, you know. We know, we know what we do is good. Yeah. But yeah. We, we, we love doing it anyway. We do it just, if no one, if no one else ever heard it ever, we'd still be doing it. Yeah, you know, because we we love we love yeah bromance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose the the live the rehearsing and the live performance was um, a different thing for us from being in the studio. Uh, we kind of we all loved being in the studio. We got um, 
we got friends with a local engineer who does who lives in just outside Manchester, and he loved what we did, and we just loved going into the studio and doing the album, and we just wish we could have done it full time. It kind of it took it was a long process to get the album done mm-hmm. um, for various reasons, but we just loved going into the into the studio to to record and see what yeah. could, what we could come up with next. Yeah, we'll we'll get in again. We'll get in and do it, and we hope that. You can tell by listening to the album the, the, the fun that we had recording it, especially Absolutely. on like the backing vocals and the overdubs. And yeah. We yeah. had a really good time doing it. Really, really good time. And uh, it, was, it was just such fun. Such fun to do. Yeah, it's good. Really good stuff. You guys mentioned this near the uh, beginning of the episode, but I'd like to, I'd like to come back and, and revisit this for a minute. Um, Last year, you played a show uh, with fellow 40 Minutes of Funk alums, The Allergies, at the Craig Charles Funk and Soul Club. Um, first off, there's there's so much to unpack just in that sentence alone. Um, did you guys get to hang out with Adam and Roy, The Allergies? No, we had, um, there, was, there was a slight confusion there. I got COVID the week of the gig. Oh no! And we couldn't do the gig, Michael. Oh, that's terrible. Yes, it was absolutely awful. So I had to, I had to make because it was me who had COVID. I had to make the decision that it's like a day before the gig, two days before the gig. We oh, had no. to pull out of that gig. Okay. Yeah. But we, so we, we follow them on social media, and we're trying to. They're coming to Manchester this in next month, I think, or in July. But I think I'm away, so I can't go. But we're, we're going to try and hook up with them, and we'd love to support them again. Yeah, they're Are great Are you familiar guys. with their stuff, Michael? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been a big fan of the allergies uh, for years now, and I played them on my radio show a bunch, which is, wow. how, which is how I ended up you know, getting them on the podcast. And they're ah. absolutely a, a scream. Um, yeah. One of yeah. my favorite moments in the whole history of the podcast was asking them for like a basic – rundown of the evolution of soul music into funk into hip-hop and roy gives us like a 90 second like history of the past 60 years and barely takes a breath (laughs) and does it and it's fantastic it's this great moment and like i'm like okay (laughs) these guys know know their stuff (laughs) so yeah, oh, it's so disappointing though. I was actually in Italy at the time, and I was going to fly back from Italy to do the gig, and then fly back home again. Yeah. And uh, Ty rang me the day before and said, uh, "It's not happening." <laughs> like, he, he could hardly speak. Felt yeah. so sorry for him. Uh, and, uh, it's just a great shame, but you know, we, it might happen again. Well, you guys, have, that wasn't though your only connection to, to Craig Charles uh, for our non. English audience. So over here at the United States, we don't have the Craig Charles, you know, show. We he, he's on my radar because of what I do. But for those of us who don't maybe know who Tr- Craig Charles is, could you tell us who he is and what his role is in the funk soul music scene over in England? Go on, Ty. Well, Craig Charles is the he's, he's almost become an ambassador for for what we do for the mm-hmm. funk and soul scene. And he started off as a, as a British actor on TV, but he always, underneath, he always had a love of funk and soul. Mm. Uh, and then he got his own show. God, I don't even know how long he's had. It's at least 10 years. Oh, yeah. That he's been promoting all kinds of um, 
uh, funk and soul in there in certain genres. And we just happened to um, listen to his show because it was on a on a Saturday night, so it was always like you'd you'd be listening at home and cooking and listening to the Craig Charles Funk and Soul show, uh, and that covered everything from American um, R and B to blues. And um, he always pushed new um, talent as well in this country, including the allergies and including mm -hmm. ourselves as well. So he's been. Um, it's been great for us as well. And my connection uh, with Craig, because he used to have his old um, Funk and Soul Club night at Band on the Wall in Manchester. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a band um, playing down there, and uh, the McCambos, I think it was. Oh, yeah. And I went down I, I there. I know the Mighty McCambos. That's another. Mighty McCambos. Um, yeah, he's been on the show as well. I say, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, just randomly went down to see them and i took one of our cds and i wrote craig charles a personal letter and popped him a cd in there and the super giant mug and i handed it over to the girl at uh, at the club and said could you pass this to craig charles nice and lo and behold two weeks later he played our tune that was that i gave him on the cd oh wow so it was a it was a good old um old-fashioned introduction <laughs> of super giants yeah, old -fashioned, well, yeah. i just i just handed the bag over and just thought i'm never going to see that again <laughs> uh, and lo and behold he played us on the show two weeks i think he played hairless mexican did uh, you guys freak later. out did you freak out absolutely. when this happened absolutely that's what was, you said that was one of your goals right yes yeah, yeah. indeed yes yeah it was incredible incredible and considering we, we only recorded Hairless Mexican is probably the only oh, that that tune and Double Denim were both recorded in just in a rehearsal room with like a couple of mics, yeah, and uh, just done live basically all all everyone playing all at once and uh, and it got on the on the national radio in England in Great Britain so we were yeah. we were overjoyed yeah it was great a great moment to think that we did it we got back together and that was one of the things we could tick off nice. yeah it's a yes. good moment. So Craig Charles is is a big fan of Smooth and Terrell. Have you had are you familiar with Smooth and Terrell? Or, I am from uh, my radio show. I've played Smooth and Terrell yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. So the Smooth and Terrell and the Allergies and um, uh, Jalapeno Records. That, yeah. Have you had a, yeah, yeah. So yep. they're big. So Craig uh, is um, likes to push all those kind of new artists and up and coming as okay. well as old artists as well. He just loves his funk and soul from from years ago. Um, now, has he got his own uh, it looked like you guys had played maybe a show a live show that was affiliated with him maybe not that allergy show but was there another one that you guys did with him yeah we've played a couple we've played we supported him at his funk and soul uh club night which is in my band on the wall in manchester so they get local bands local well not lo necessarily local bands but they get um Different artists like the Allergies and Smooth and Terrell and Mighty McCambos. And we yeah. played as part the, the the band goes on first and then he DJs afterwards. Oh, nice. So we were lucky enough oh, to we get did, like We did actually do like that game in Liverpool, didn't we? The one that was cancelled because of the COVID. Yeah. We played yeah. at the camp, the big venue in Liverpool called the Camp and Furnace, which was really good to play there. Well, so that was big Charles night as well. And, uh, so did you get to meet him? Fun. Yeah, yeah. He's always back. He's, he's 
He's backstage when you come off, basically, because he, he has his own radio show and flies across town yeah. to then go and start DJing straight after it. So he's a very, very busy man. <laughs> he also does like quiz shows in the afternoon as well on the television. Wow. So I don't know how he fits it all in. He was there last night with Fred Wesley as well, apparently, Michael. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, he was That's there not surprising. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So what does a live concert by Supergiant look and feel like? Well, <laughs> well, we, we, we seem to, uh, our ranks get bigger. We've, we've seemed to have found a couple of horn players, which has made the sound incredible at the moment. <laughs> it's just transformed the live sound. Wow. And uh, it's uh, basically, is there eight of us now on stage when we play live tonight? It's uh, there will be. Last it's, time we, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, the next gig's going to be um, trombone, saxophone, um, and trumpet. Uh, backings, Leanne, backing singer, drums, guitar, bass, singer, yeah. and keyboard. So and cushion, it's, isn't it? You know, we, well, it's, it's just like a really cool experience for us to play because we, and the crowd always seem very responsive to us whenever we play. So it's always just a, it's like a good, fun time. We, we, we love it, you know. So, so we love playing so much, whether we're playing just to ourselves in, in a rehearsal room or playing to other people. So it's just like a, when we play, smiles on our faces. So that <laughs> comes across, you know. Yeah. We love it. Well, I feel like Supergiant has this great combination of pop, soul, funk and blues what role does funk specifically play in Supergiant? Um, well, uh, well, it's the groove element. I always love that um, the kind of James Brown uh, rhythmic strut, if you like, mm. uh, that drives on in the bass, a simple bass that drives the tunes. Um, something like yesterday... Fred Wesley played past the peas and it was just the groove. Wow. Um, and that which creates space for everything else. But ultimately we that was the the ambition, but we never when we write the songs, they're ultimately songs, they're not kind of grooves like that. Because mm -hmm. we didn't we tried to do it without a brass section initially. So that's a relatively new thing for us. Um but yeah, I kind of was into a James Brand in the jungle groove, that kind of and the early kind of late late seventies, uh, mid to late seventies stuff. Um, but I suppose when we got together, there were songs that we, we we tried to make groovy rather than trying to make funk songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we did, we wanted to be. We initially thought we we're going to be instrumental, or we want we we're going to be an instrumental band. But it's actually far more difficult than what you what you actually think. Uh, and Terry had some great melodic ideas. So that's kind of it. That kind of evolved from that kind of idea of wanting to be straight funk. Plus, mm. if you listen to the new Master Sounds or any of those bands, that they're just even better than the Meters. You know what I mean? They just I listened to the I went to see the new Master Sounds and and listened to them. And I just thought you can't you can't compete with those guys. <laughs> it's on a different level. So we just kind of thought, well, let's write some groovy songs and see where it takes us, yeah. uh, rather than trying to compete with these guys. What we like to do in our songwriting and the way we play is we might have a song which is like a structured song, but then we hear, the, hear each of the songs. It's like a reprise or a specific part in like a middle eight where the groove really kicks in where you can just hear like drums and ties bass really driving it along. 
And then once the song's finished, we sort of come up with another idea <laughs> to carry on playing it. And that tends to be even more funkier than the original song part, <laughs> as in like trim phone. There's a reprise at the end. We just seem to keep reprising everything, but that seems to be like the funkiest <laughs> moment. We love it. <laughs> Same with Open the Door. They we love a the funky reprise. Mm. I think we all have, haven't we? Reprising the reprise. We love a reprise, yeah. <laughs> it's, like a little, it's like having second after a meal. It's like, oh, I'll just have a little bit more of that. And, uh, I'll help myself to a bit more. Add a bit on the end, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why a lot of our songs, the album, if you listen to that album, it's probably like nearly 60 minutes long. And um, we're going to have to do a bit of editing when we get it put on, hopefully get it put on vinyl. But yeah. some of the tracks are quite long, you might, you might have noticed. Yeah. We, don't want to, we don't want them to end. <laughs> we want to keep playing them. You have like this last track that's like when the funk leaves or the when the funk ends. But then yeah. there's a track after that's like when the yeah. funk comes back. Like, we're going to end the oh, album. Yeah. Okay, we just kidding. Just, we're not going to end it. Just yet. leave it. We can't just leave it there. Yeah. yeah. Start, yeah. start again. <laughs> when the funk returns. When the yeah. funk returns. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to ask you about something that I call funk with a capital F. And it's this idea that funk can be more than just a musical genre. Uh, but it can also be an overarching philosophy or a perspective that can be a way to view the world, uh, not just a way of, of of describing music. Could you share maybe a funk philosophy that you have that inspires or motivates you either musically or personally? Well, as, as, I don't know. Just have fun doing it. I, I think if you're not enjoying playing then I don't, I don't see the point. You see some bands playing and they've got like scowling faces and they don't <laughs> seem to be enjoying what they're doing. But we we, we think it's a lot of fun as yeah. they get together. Our philosophy is to have fun and enjoy it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. We, you know, we've got that. We've all got busy lives. So we must love doing it or we just wouldn't bother doing it because we, we all work. We've all got kids. We've all got mortgages and we all work different shifts and different hours and different days of the week. But we we love it when we get together and rehearse, and it's just our philosophy is to have fun. Yeah, I think the way I look at it. Yeah, I think it's true. Uh, part of soul of it is 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 a different thing as well because you can have soul in any, um, in any, like Terry said before, you can have soul in different genres of music. Um, but in funk, I suppose personally. When I was kind of a teenager in early 20s, I was into kind of miserable Manchester music. And then when I discovered funk in my late, mid-20s, mid I became a different person, to be honest. You know, it just opened a whole new world to me and the funk and soul. And everything didn't need to be miserable. And we used to just used to love just dancing to when I discovered James Brown. It was like a, it was like a new, it's like dipping your head under the water and seeing a whole new world for me. And then I kind of dug into different elements from James Brown to everything else, where he came from and everything that he didn't kind of influenced after that. Mm. So it kind of was a life changing moment for me, I think, as well. But when we do it in the band, we do it for fun. And that's what funk should be. Yeah, definitely. If we have a couple of weeks off where we're not doing it, everyone's on WhatsApp going, what's happening? Why? Can't wait to get back in the rehearsal room and get playing again. It's so. It's just exciting to just 
I mean, we live in the, we mark the drum at a base in Liverpool and the rest of the guys are based in Manchester. So it's quite, a, it's like a, if you've been at work all day, it's a bit of a drive to get over to the other side of the city. So you've got to love to do it, to go, yeah. be bothered to go and do that if you've been in work all day. Yeah. And, uh, but we're, ex- we're ex- excited to go and do it. It sounds and, uh, like the band is a form of therapy for you guys. Yeah. 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 That's a good that's a good way of putting it. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It's all as we like to say, it's our golf. Some people go and play golf. We go and write <laughs> try and write some funky tunes. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> well, I'd like to hear our, our next tune for the day. Uh it's the second song from your new album, Chaka Chow Chow. Uh so while your first song was about a telephone. This next one is about a phone call. It's called Won't You Call Me, Lottie Lottie. And the song has a twist, though, because of who the phone call is about. So where did this song come from? I wrote that song in about a, a, a long, long time, in about the early 2000s while I was in work. It came to me in about five minutes, the whole, the whole piece. <laughs> well, originally, it was like a skiffle song. It was like it was, I was playing in like a skiffle trio and it came and played on an acoustic guitar. Mm. Um, it just, it just, I, it just came, the muse came and it, it I can't describe it. It, it, it just, the whole lyrics and everything have never changed since that day. Yeah. Since the minute I wrote it down, nothing has changed about it at all. Um, and then once we'd got Supergiant back together, Mark the drummer, uh, played me this old diddly track. I can't remember the name of the album. Is it Gladi- uh, what's the 1970 album? Black Gladiator. There's a track on that. And Mark played me that track and it, it was so funky. <laughs> and I just tried to make Lordy Lordy like that tune. I wanted it to be like that. And uh, it worked out really well. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we it's another song we absolutely love playing it. It's it just sends you into a zone. It's like it's, um, the uh, you know in flamenco and Spanish dancing in flamenco. There's a thing it's called El Duende. It's a point when the dance sort of send themselves into a trance, like a shamanic trance, hmm. and they always try and reach El Duende. Well, in the middle part of that song, Lordy Lordy, it's like that's the, that's where I'm trying to reach El Duende. <laughs> That's it's cool. almost got uh, a gospel feel when when the yeah. key, when the organ went on it. The organ, yeah, totally. Yeah, and when we got uh, the female vocals involved, we wanted it to have a slightly bluesy. Well, it's got bluesy guitar on there. We want it to have like a bluesy feel, and certainly the organ and the backing vocals, the female backing vocals, um, mm-hmm. give it that feel. And we wanted it to sound old as well as new at the same time. Um, right. It's got this great satire in in the lyrics, and I'm curious because of where the song goes. Do you have? Do either of you have a religious background that that contributed to uh, the 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 message or the style of this sound? Not at all. Not at all on my side. It's just it it just comes. I mean, religion runs throughout all or every sort of genre of music. Um. And I think that theme, I've heard, I've heard other songs since that I've got the same theme about trying to phone, phone the Lord or phone Jesus. I've heard it in other 
I've heard it in, since I've written that, I've heard it in other different songs. Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day because we had discussions over it at the time. And because uh, there's a sample at the beginning, and we didn't know whether to take that sample off or keep the sample in there. Yeah. And I was listening to the Velvet Underground the other day, and there's a song on on the, one of their albums. It's just called Jesus, and it's about it's Lou Reed singing about Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. mean Lou Reed's a, a religious born again Christian or anything. He's just singing this song. Yeah. It's just a theme. It it runs through. You you look at any band they've sung about Jesus at some point in the. Any band throughout history, they've got some sort of religious track there. It comes from gospel and the blues going back to the beginning of, you know, the end of the Victorian times when people started playing yeah. blues music, and it's just, it's just an yeah. influence. It's, it's just an influence that's come through listening to music rather than going to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we, we were kind of torn about putting the sample in there because it can. It's quite a strong. State, did you get the sense that it was a strong statement with a sample at the beginning, Michael? I felt like it gave the song immediate context in yeah. in a in a really good way. Like like it was like okay, I feel like I know where this song is going to go, and and yeah. I feel like it strengthens the message of the song. Like I feel like it was a good choice. Like I I don't was... I was I don't remember I don't know who the evangelist is, but like his sincerity of his message is weighed it's balanced by where you guys go with the lyric that it's it's a little it's mm. not as serious it's like the yeah, message yeah. is the same but it's it's a lot more satirical and so i you felt know. like it was a good balance you know that was the idea and that was the intention and john the keyboard player came up with a sample actually um yeah but i know for me when we listened when we put the video out there there was lots of people mm. You can you can check how long people are what are listening to the tune, and I feel that people were put off. Maybe they, that was just in this country, by the um, by that message by the by the preacher at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, whether that's true or not, but we just decided. Listen, we think it adds to the song, and that's why we left it in there. Certainly for the album. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't put it in there live, but we kept it in there on the, for the album. Yeah. Well, you guys are British, and uh, my experience with British humor is that um, nothing is sacred and everything can be funny. And I'm a huge fan yeah. of British humor, British comedy. So, like, for me, it just makes perfect sense. Like, you know, why wouldn't you do that? So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I'm glad we, I'm glad we stuck with it. Uh, yeah. I argue, I argue that if you, if you haven't heard references to Jesus or the Lord or, religious uh influence in music and you don't know anything about music because every <laughs> single band has, has has been there and done it so right. uh why shouldn't we yeah exactly <laughs> so we stuck we stuck with it and uh yeah yeah, yeah. and uh try and reach try and reach el duende listen to the middle bit and you'll try and imagine reaching el duende Okay, so there's the second challenge of the album so far. The first challenge is to find Supergiant everywhere. The second challenge is we're going to try to find El Duende together in the bridge, okay? <laughs> Let's go there together. It's Supergiant yeah. with their song, Won't You Call Me Lottie Lottie. Um. 
special guests terry and tyrone from supergiant and i'd like to take a moment and turn over the interview to some of my patreon supporters who reached out with questions of their own jim says you guys are definitely a funky band but there's also sounds of the blues in many of your songs Mm -hmm. in fact we just you were just talking uh, a second ago about the blues and uh, he asks who are your biggest blues influences well I listen, I've always listened to a lot of Rolling Stones. Grew up on the Rolling Stones. I got, that's where the, the blues influence will have come from, from my side. And obviously the Stones have taken it from their influence going back to the, 
to the late to the very early sixties and late fifties. Um, so it's come from there, uh, and I've I've been listening to the Stones since I can remember. I don't remember a time when I didn't listen to the Rolling Stones because our house. My dad was a big fan. We had mm. a house. My dad used to sell records and trade them at record fairs. So we, I had every single sort of record at my fingertips that we, he was when he was storing them at the house. It was all there for me to listen to blues, Rolling Stones, Fleetwood Mac, all them early ta- early Fleetwood Mac blues. Mm. So yeah, and he was my dad was a big fan of people like BB King and those sort of guys. So yeah. there is an element of blues in there, yeah, especially on Lordy Lordy, which yeah, he just played. Yeah. I don't think any of us or any of anyone else in the band is really into blues. Is Mark into blues? You know, yeah, I'm, he would have been. Yeah. Similarly, similarly, I'm just BB King and Robert Johnson, yeah. type, but I don't really. I'm not on time a blues fan particularly. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Him. In fact, actually, I actually bought a blues album the other week, <laughs> which is probably <laughs> one of the first blues albums I've ever bought. It was a Johnny Winters debut album. Mm. I bought it in Liverpool. It was only six pound. I thought I'm having that, <laughs> and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That was that was after the event, so we've already recorded the album. But I've always the influence has always been there. The blues is in every every part of music. Yeah. The blues is there. I love in that early bit. that gritty early blues stuff that was yeah. recorded on the, just on one track. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it was recorded in a back alley somewhere. I do like all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Similarly as I do with the funk, I love all that gritty early kind of seventies stuff, and even the blues going back to the fifties. It sounds like it's just. Yeah. With one recorded with one microphone, mm. and I don't know why I like that. Three strings. Yeah, yeah. With, with, I don't know why I like that stuff. I still think now, why do I like all that that stuff, yeah, and why do I like funk and stuff like that? Isn't it? Yeah, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. You know, now you know everything's polished, everything's clean and produced and overproduced, and sometimes you you just lose something, especially mm. with the blues, because it's got to come from the soul ultimately. Yeah. You know the way the blues was evolved. It was it was it was born out of pure uh, pain and suffering, I suppose. And that's yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you guys, you got bluesy, and you didn't even know you got bluesy. <laughs> Soaked in the blues. That's right. Well, Roy asks, which British funk and soul outfits influence you the most? Well, I suppose, well, Tez, me and Tez, we got into Jamiri, early Jamiri choir, didn't we? Both were blown away yeah. by that kind of acid jazz there's, scene. Mm-hmm. There was an acid, acid jazz scene really kicked off in like the early 90s. And um, there was bands like Brand New Heavies, Jamiri choir, a band Corduroy. called Mother, Mother Earth, Corduroy. And um, we just... They just all seem to be releasing records at the same time at that point on acid on the acid jazz label, and uh, we sort of got into that, didn't we? That's when we were like jam jam first started jamming yeah. as a band ourselves. So mm. we were all listening, going to see them bands play live, and uh, some of them are still playing now, I suppose. Or there's different generations of them. If other bands have come along, but mm. yeah, like I think that time in like ninety. To 1995, it's probably that acid jazz scene, the acid jazz record label scene that got me into it. Mm. I always remember at a time, says when you came, you went to the Meltweg in uh, Amsterdam. 
And you yeah. came back and you said, I've seen this amazing band. And you couldn't remember the name. And you said it was Jamariki or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I always, and I always remember that you, you they absolutely blew you away. That, that before yeah. they were they were just breaking on the they scene. They hadn't released anything, yeah. They'd not released anything. And he, uh, wow. JK was stood right next to me at the bar with a big spliff in his mouth. Because <laughs> we were in Amsterdam. <laughs> And uh, all them, all them bands were on Corduroy, Brand New Heavies, Mother Earth, and uh, a few others. I can't remember at the moment, but it was a really good. Uh, it was an acid jazz re- record label weekend there that I just happened to me and my wife happened to come across when we were there. We went both nights, and it was. I went back home to Ty and said, "Let's go and start jamming. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go and try and play a bit of this funky music." And uh, yeah. Cool. That was a long time ago now. Yeah, and I suppose since, certainly for me, new, I went to see New Master Sounds about four or five years ago. And they, because they're not particular, I don't know if what they're like over there, Michael, or in the States or in Canada, but um, they're not particularly well known or thought of in, in this country. You know, if they sell out shows in the hometown of Leeds, they're only selling out four or five hundred capacities. Uh, um, venues mm-hmm. are even smaller actually but um i know recently that eddie roberts the guitarist he's moved over to mm-hmm. uh to america um but they're phenomenal to see live well and he started color red records and now yeah. he's he's and he plays with a bunch of the acts that are on his record label as well but yeah I, I, it seems like the folks who know funk music, who know, you know, acid jazz and know, kind of know that style of music, they know of the master sounds. But outside of those circles of people, most people yeah. over here, I think, are not as aware of them. Yeah. And certainly, like I said before, Smooth and Terrell have been really good to us. They're kind of modern funk and soul. Uh, and the allergies are they allergies funk i'm not quite sure they've got a funky you know they've got funky influences certainly funky samples yeah um and they're doing really well and anything on jalapeno records is generally either funk or solid it seems like a a great modern uh label in this country uh Mm. that has got they've got really good taste so certainly that's uh, you're you're a funk barometer he's like yeah, that's one of his. That's one of his sayings. Yeah, but is it funk? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah, it's funky, but say. is it funk? <laughs> is, is it funky? Is it funk? If it smells if it's like funky, a rat, it's got to be funk, hasn't it? <laughs> not all the time. That's not the case with Ty. It might be funky, but he'll say, "Yeah, but is it funk?" Yes. I don't know. That's He's a, got that's this a... dial. He's got a dial. It goes from like <laughs> groovy to getting funky, and like, yes, it's funk, but it's yes. the top. <laughs> I think it's one of those genres. It's always bubbling along under the surface, and it'll never go away. Yeah. It might go out of fashion, like disco or something like that. But I don't think, um, I don't think funk's going anywhere. Certainly, yeah. um, in the foreseeable future, it seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. Certainly, the Craig Charles because he takes his show on the road as well. I think now it's probably more acceptable for older people like ourselves that at a certain age, it's more acceptable for them to go out and dance. Uh, that it probably ever has been mm-hmm. you know one time if you went to a nightclub you probably felt if you were over 30 or 35 you probably wouldn't get wouldn't be allowed in but certainly if you go to craig charles nights now there's a real mixture of people from teenagers to to pensioners it's, mm. a, it's a bizarre cross-section of people that um that are listening to funk or into funk because it could be a cross-generational thing if people 
Um, you know, people are into funk that maybe forgot about it and then revisiting it and then their kids are getting into it and their grandkids. Mm -hmm. So we can't allow the funk to die, Michael. Oh, we're in our prime now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> never too it was, I mean, I saw Fred Fred Wesley 79. I, I couldn't believe how cheeky he was on stage yesterday. <laughs> maybe his maybe his his, uh, his stamina on the uh, on the trombone wasn't what it used to be, but he still had the funk and he was still loving mm -hmm. it. And the, the his audience there was was just a real cross section of people as well. Yeah, uh, amazing amount of young people actually under 30s that were there. Wow. Um, that were that were still giving it loads and still dancing and jumping around. Yeah. So yeah, it is the it's, it was the it's the good good to time good time music I think to go to isn't it fun? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much to my Patreon supporters for their questions. Participating on the podcast is just one of the many perks they get for their monthly financial help. Listeners, if you'd like to ask future guest questions, there's more info about our Patreon page at the end of the show. So something that seems clear to me about Supergiant, and this has come up a little bit, um, is that you guys seem to have a really healthy sense of humor. We talked about your, your satirical lyrics. We talked about having fun. What role do you think humor specifically plays in your music? Taz? Uh, well, we don't, we don't set out to make it. It, it just it just seems to be the way it happens. I just think if you're not yeah. playing with a smile on your face or enjoying it, <laughs> yeah. don't bother doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we we kind of take just, the piss out of everything. Come, and everything it just don't comes we? from the sense of, the sense <laughs> of fun that we, we have when we get together. Oh, that's what I've made up. I hope, I'm glad it does come across like that we're having a good time and we're doing it. Oh, so, yeah. It is just a sense of fun. It's just yeah. a sense of fun. Well, this this next song, I feel like I feel like this next song really embodies that because it was recorded live. And I'm not sure that this song could have been recorded in a studio and it captured the energy that the song deserves, but that the song, you know, portrays successfully. Um, it's an instrumental track called uh, Monkey Hormones. And th this is a song. I think this is the first song that I heard from you guys. And I played it on my radio show, Tonic the Funky Groove Show. How did this song come together and where was it recorded? Well, there's Oof. a little, yeah, there's a little trick there. The uh, It was recorded in the studio and it, we put the uh, live. <laughs> what? We put the live. We cheated. You cheated. Yeah, cool. Well, you cheated successfully because you we, fooled me. I could yes. have sworn it was live. <laughs> and not just because you, we hear people that, applauding, but like the energy that you guys perform, it sounds yeah. like a live show. It's probably recorded as live as you, you do like to do things we as live that, as possible when we're in the studio. All live in the live studio. Drums, okay. Guitar, all. Okay. Yeah, but I wanted it to feel like exactly like you said. We recorded it, and it's, it it feel, felt like it had its own energy. And then I just said, I can hear an audience there. So we we put the audience there after we felt the vibe of the tune. So you kind wow. of you've got part of it, Michael. Um, okay. there was definitely it definitely felt like it had something else, and we just. I don't know. I just came from somewhere. I just said it needs to. It feels like it needs to have an audience and feel as though it's live. I wanted it to feel like it was in a club. Yeah. So, so and that's it's such. It's one of them songs. I think all of them. We love playing them all. And we're just like 
when we look at the set list we're playing and we go wow <laughs> it's like one song after another that yeah. we all love to play and this is especially we love playing this but, one such fun to play but when we were writing this one as well this one uh, it just came together so quickly that we we just I've got the original tapes of, of the of the recording in this in the in the rehearsal room and you, you can feel the tune come together and it was written really quickly certainly the 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 drums the bass um and the percussion were written really early and then the keyboard were added later actually so the rhythms part of the tune came together really quickly so okay. then the uh, the keyboard parts were the icing on top of the uh, of the of the cake nice well you you did a great job making it sound live if if, <laughs> if we hadn't just told the world then i would have i would have loved to have kept the secret <laughs> i thought should i just should i should i reveal the secret or should i just keep quiet my english honesty got the better of me <laughs> That's all right. That's that's what these shows exist for is to get the behind the scene uh, information. So I appreciate you sharing your yeah. secret with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Let's hear it. It's super giant with monkey hormones.
Today's guests are Tyrone and Terrence from Supergiant. So what's next for Supergiant? Do you guys have any upcoming gigs you're excited about? Yes, we've got a few gigs coming up, Michael. We've got a couple of festivals in the diary. We're playing at um, a beer festival up in Preston, which is just north of Manchester and Liverpool, on the 8th of uh, July. And then the following weekend, we're playing a festival called Beat Herder. So we're on the um, the factory stage over there, which we're really looking forward to. It's a bit more uh, dance-orientated um, nice. festival. So that's a good one. We're going to take a brass section up there with us. Um, and then we are playing Leeds Brudenell Social Club, and we're supporting um, Smooth and Terrell, nonetheless, oh, cool. over on the 9th of September. Uh, yeah, so we're that's, that's playing the D- things. The fest, aren't we, as well, in, in August? Yeah, there's one, there's a... Yeah, there's another festival in Cheshire that we're playing, which is in between Manchester and uh, Liverpool, called Diva Fest as well, where we're playing there on, I think we're playing there on a Friday, 11th of August. Wow. And then the, the plan is to try and write the second album, but I don't know when we're going to do that. <laughs> I've waited till, yeah. till the autumn. We've got a million ideas. We've got all the ideas. We just need time. We've probably, got, we've time. probably got half the tunes for us for the second album, but they just need kind of finishing and... and Pushing and uh, and tweaking, and um, and a couple of reprises. We'll yes. Yeah, we can always we'll extend. reprise a reprise. Add another five minutes on the end of that one, <laughs> at least. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, listeners, Supergiant's new album "Chaka Chow Chow" is now available on all streaming platforms. So be sure to check it out, and even better, pay to download yourself a copy of the record. It is nonstop fun and funky energy that will definitely put some swagger in your step. So, guys, what have we not covered today that you wanted to talk about? I think we're all good, Michael. I think you've covered most stuff in depth of what we're about, what we do, what we're trying to do. Um, and like I said, we just love what we're doing. We want to carry on doing it. We're trying. The next step is to try and get the uh, get the album on vinyl. That's a big love of all of us. We're all into vinyl. Nice. It just takes. Uh, we all think it takes the music to a different level. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on on vinyl, but we want to be supporters of vinyl. We want huge vinyl collector just for right our here. Own. Yeah, yes, yes. We, yeah. we feel that would, um, as much as the other formats are great. And I'm a user of Spotify. Terry doesn't use Spotify, so I use it to my advantage as well. So I think there's a place for. I think if anything, I think vinyl, uh, CDs are probably going to die out, but we want to try and get the album on yeah. vinyl. It's somewhere it's we just have a regret not we'll regret yeah. it if we don't get it onto vinyl so yeah. it's something we really mm-hmm. uh focused on doing one way or the other it'll be and then that album the only, number two the only yeah album number two the only problem with us putting it on vinyl is that it could probably do with being a double album but if you listen to the length of it on cd we're gonna have to do a bit of uh sadly we might have to take a couple of repages off which would be yeah. a great shame <laughs> <laughs> but um fade them out yeah, yeah, but one way or the other, it will be out on vinyl. Um, Great. We really look forward to that, like holding it in our hands and saying we we made that. That's what we set out to do, and we made it, and pat ourselves on the back and yeah. die happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what's the best places for listeners to go to check out more about Supergiant and keep tabs on you so that they know when this record's going to come out on vinyl and when record number two is coming 
Well, you can you can use all our social uh, Insta Instagram and Facebook um, pages and our Bandcamp page, which is super giant one at Bandcamp.com. Uh, and uh, you can you can buy it uh, digitally, or you can buy the physical CD, and you can buy a bit of merchandise. We've got some T-shirts, mm. super giant T-shirts, check a chow chow T-shirts, and mugs. Um, and hopefully we'll have the vinyl that comes out that will be on on our Bandcamp page as well. Also, we're on Spotify and all the other streaming on Apple Music, so you can listen to the album on there as well. But obviously, we want you to, we want people to pay for music. So mm -hmm. people are good and want to pay and contribute, or other people buy merchandise, or they come and see us live. So it's important that people try and spend a bit of money on supporting their artists or local artists in some way. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Amen. Tyrone, thanks so much for reaching out to me uh, on Instagram and putting Supergiant on my radar. I'm so glad that we were finally able to connect and get you on the show today. Uh, thanks to you and Terry for being my guest today on the 40 Minutes of Funk podcast. Oh, pleasure. Sweet pleasure, Michael. Lovely to speak to you in Oklahoma. Yes. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Same, guys. Same. You guys, please keep yep. up the great work, the fun and funky vibes. Give my best to the rest of your mates in Supergiant. Best of luck with the new album. Let's stay in touch, all right? Yeah, thanks so much, Michael. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, thanks, Speak guys. Speak to you next time. Yes, sir. Cheers, Michael. It. Cheers. Hey, friends. It's Michael B. here to wrap up the show with a few quick closing thoughts. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Thanks so much to today's guests, Tyrone and Terry from Supergiant. Really enjoyed talking with them and getting to know their story and their music a bit better. And I hope you enjoyed the talk as much as I did. If you enjoy 40 Minutes of Funk, will you please consider supporting the show? This podcast is a one-person passion project of mine, and your monthly financial support helps me pay my bills and ensures I can keep bringing you top guests and music each week. I'm looking for more supporters to join my Patreon network this year, and you can give as little as $5 a month. Patreon supporters get special perks like interacting with guests on the show like Jim and Roy did. They also get exclusive bonus content with nearly every interview. Supporters also get the inside scoop for future guests, ad-free content, and merchandise discounts like on our official 40 Minutes of Funk t-shirts. If you'd like to show your support for this podcast, please consider joining my support team at www.patreon.com slash 40 minutes of funk. You can also send a one-time gift of any amount at www.buymeacoffee.com slash 40 minutes of funk. I really appreciate your help keeping this podcast going. If you're on social media, you can also support the show by liking, following, sharing, and commenting upon my posts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for at 40 Minutes of Funk using the numbers 4 and 0. That's also a great place to send me DMs with feedback about the show. Our website is www.40minutesoffunk.com where you can find links to all past episodes, t-shirt sales, and more info about the podcast itself. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave reviews wherever you hear it. Thanks so much. Hey, did you know I also have a Spotify playlist for each season of 40 Minutes of Funk? 
Yeah, if you want to listen to the tunes we played on the show again, and even some of the tunes we talked about but didn't get to, just head to Spotify and search for 40 Minutes of Funk playlists. Each week, I update this season's playlist with tunes from the latest show. I also host a weekly radio show on Friday nights called Tonic, the Funky Groove Show on Oklahoma City's NPR station KGOU. You can listen live every Friday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Central online at kgou.org or tell your smart speaker to play KGOU. You can find the show on social media at Funky Groove Show. Special thanks to Rettenbacher's Funkestra for providing the tune functionality for the show's intro. The 40 Minutes of Funk theme music is written and copyrighted by me and performed by an amazing lineup of musicians. More info on the 40 Minutes of Funk website. Remember, funk music is all about being on the one. Simply put, treat everyone equally. Be kind to others, especially those who are different from you. Be well, friends. Thanks again. I'll catch you next time.